Hello and welcome to Dealcast. I'm Juliana Needham. Today we're looking at M&A in craft beer, which seems like a good topic to discuss in the middle of a hot summer in the UK. I'm joined by our managing editor for EMEA, John West, and I think we can safely say that craft beer is a subject close to your heart, John. Yes. <laughs> and also by consumer reporter Dean McRoby. So we've seen a number of deals in the sector. Can you begin by giving us a bit of an overview, John? Yes. Um, you know, in the UK, we've seen the growth of the craft beer movement. Just just to give some indication, in, in London in 2006, there were only roughly six breweries. And now we have over 120, and that's in London alone. And I think the capital really is the centre of the craft beer scene in the UK at the moment. We broke news earlier this year that Heineken was looking to buy a stake in Beavertown, which is a very fashionable brewery based in Tottenham, North London, since which time uh, Four Pure, also based in Bermondsey, was uh, was bought out wholly by a Kirin-owned outfit called Lion. The multiples we're talking about are really extremely high. Um, I'm in front of me, thank you, Juliana. I've got a, a glass of Camden Hells. Camden Town Brewery was bought in 2015 by the hugest brewery in the world, AB InBev, for 215 times EBIT. And so that gives you some kind of indication of the huge multiples that are available to those breweries that want to sell out in this space. And Dean, what's prompted this activity? Is it simply a factor of the craft beer trend? There's no escaping its popularity. Well, the craft trend is not unique to the drink sector. Everyone from Unilever to Nestle to AB InBev is under pressure to premiumize and get into the craft space in whatever food or drink niche um, they can. And uh, it's all about appealing to millennials and and satisfying their need for a, a craft, uh, high-quality consumer experience. Yeah, I think quality is the key there. Premiumization used to be around marketing and making something look cool by having you know adverts of people in Italian piazzas looking sexy and, and very suave, holding a glass of something. Premiumization has shifted, as Dean was saying, especially with millennials, you know, craft coffee and coffee subscriptions, premium tonic water in the case of Fever Tree, for example. Premiumization is really much more now about um, higher quality um, products with higher uh, cost inputs and ingredients. And where does private equity fit into this? Are they getting in on the act? They certainly are. I mean, last year, in 2017, we saw TSG take a 22% stake in BrewDog, which is the, you know, I've said that the capital is the heart of craft brewing in terms of volumes of breweries started, but the giant in the UK space is Scottish BrewDog. And that 22% stake um, valued BrewDog at well over a billion dollars US. So, you know, they are getting in on the act. I think as well, you know, in the craft beer community, cool is a real premium asset. And when Beavertown saw Heineken take a minority stake, lots of beer fans were really upset um, that a big beer was taking a slice. When we, What we've seen in the States, where the craft beer trend is a bit more advanced, there seems to be less fuss about private equity taking over because they're not seen as having that big beer, bad, people aren't so thinking about private equity through the same prism. So accepting private equity cash seems to be uh, 
more a, a less uh, problematic proposition. And if I can add, uh, last week I was at a, a, a craft beer conference in Manchester. I bet and, that was hard. Uh, <laughs> 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 um, I got the chance to speak to Mike Marcus of Charlton Breweries, who in the craft beer space has a reputation as something of a, uh, a Bolshevik among Mensheviks. And he even was, um, despite his opposition to large brewers, was not entirely opposed to the idea at some point of um, seeking PE help. And that's led me on to another question. Are there any craft beer companies who want to avoid being taken over altogether? They want to maintain their independence and their niche appeal? There are. Um, I would say that uh, uh, Chorlton, of all the breweries I've spoken to, is the closest to that um, uh, to that ideal you mentioned. Um, others, such as Beavertown, are opposed until they're not opposed. And um, uh, as far as we understand, um, the Heineken stake in Beavertown is a point of contention um, to this day, uh, a month after it was announced. Yeah, even among, its, even among its own exactly. staff, it does appear to be raising hackles. I mean, Beavertown were very vocal about that, for example, not 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 wanting to get into bed with big beer, and and yet you know they they recognise that they need this injection of capital to make the ne- big next step. Look, there are craft brewers that are wanting to maintain their independence. Chalton was already mentioned by Dean. Burning Sky down in Sussex, run by a chap called Mark Tranter. He worked at Dark Star, which was subsequently bought out by Fuller's. Um, he wanted to get away from that scene and the ever-increasing demand for profits, etc., etc. And he, he's built a craft business that makes very high-quality beer. But, you know, we've spoken to other breweries. Dean's spoken, for example, to Ed Mason at Five Points, based in Hackney, East London. And he'd said that uh, he'd already signed a number of NDAs with, with private equity that were interested in participating in, in an investment. Uh, no investment yet, but it's clear that the ground is being laid for a capital injection at some point. And at the moment when they do sell out, it is often controversial, even within the organization. We have heard of brewers where uh, after the check arrived, they have had trouble, trouble keeping the peace uh, within the brewery. And one last question. We've seen some major brewers, well, many major brewers getting in on the act, uh, such as Heineken, Fuller's and Kirin. Can we expect to see a change of strategy of any of the other major brewers to focus more on craft beer? Yes, I think there's continued appetite to get into this space. Look, Heineken made the investment into Beavertown very, very shortly, just a matter of months after it had taken a 49% stake in Brixton Brewery in South London. People were very surprised that it was going to add yet another London brewery to its portfolio. Carlsberg has a stake in London Fields Brewery. Um, I think we're definitely going to see building of portfolios. Maybe maybe Heineken, for example, needs to have a Manchester brewery or a Liverpool brewery or something else in its books to, to tap into that uh, craft aspect, not just of... Um, independent spirit and high quality flavours but also regional reach and regional uh, connections I think though that not every company is in the same position I mean Diageo for example I think Dean they're trying to sort of get away from their beer portfolio aren't they there are more rumours I think about Diageo in the long run looking at disposing of say Guinness than of getting seriously involved in the beer space although they are dabbling a little bit um uh, a little bit in the uh, in the craft segment, um, 
I'd look at AB InBev um, because it's been, what, two years now, two and a half years since they took on Camden Town. And it's been almost two years since they, they closed the SAB Miller deal. So I would look for them again to expand or try to expand in the beer space. And if you're going to expand in the beer space in 2018, you are probably going to look at craft first. Great. Thanks, Dean. Thanks, John. And thank you for listening.